it possible to return to a fulfilling, challenging, successful career after a long career break? After listening to our podcast, we want your answer to be a resounding yes. I'm Anna. And I'm Karen. We're both coaches with Women Returners, the return to work specialists. We work with employers and career returners to enable professionals to return to satisfying and fulfilling work after career breaks of 2, 5, 10 or even 15 years. Over the years, we've coached hundreds of career returners and we've loved sharing some of their stories with you through our Career Returners podcast. And a big thank you to Credit Suisse for supporting us to bring this podcast to life. Credit Suisse were one of the pioneering employers in supporting talented professionals to return to work after a career break. Their Real Returns program currently runs in the US, UK, India and Switzerland and offers returners a smooth transition back into the workforce. After listening to this episode, do take a listen to some of the stories on our Career Returners podcast of women who've successfully returned to work after a career break. We'd also encourage you to head along to womenreturners.com where you'll find lots of advice, over 100 success stories and a range of return to work opportunities for people on career break wanting to get back to work. And also sign up to our free network and Facebook group for extra support and connection. And now for today, Karen and I thought we'd share some reflections on the themes that have come through from the stories to date, as well as some practical advice from our own experiences working with returners. So for the first part of this episode, we wanted to start at the stage where you might be thinking about returning to work. When Karen and I work with people who are thinking about coming back after a career break, one of the first concerns that they very often have is, gosh, how long they've been out of that paid workforce. And sometimes we find, you know, just like if I think back to Sarah McKelvey's story in episode two, many of you may have originally planned to take perhaps a break of six or, or maybe 12 months off work. But through various circumstances, this may have actually ended up being a lot longer. You know, it might even be five, 10, 15, even more years um, out of the paid workforce. I guess, you know, thinking about it, we did really want to reassure you that we have seen loads of people successfully return to work, even after long breaks. And a big part of the purpose behind our organisation, Women Returners, was, was to show that career breaks can be just a normal part of a 40 or 50 year career. Absolutely. And I think what we've also seen is, is the huge range of reasons for a career break. And often they are very distinct, very individual and personal to a returner. For lots of people, they may well have taken a career break to look after their children, just like Laura did in episode five or Georgia in episode eight. But increasingly, we're also seeing career breaks for a range of different reasons. One common reason is relocation. Melissa from episode three took a break to, in part, to help relocate her family from the US to the UK. And for some people, their break might be more for caring reasons, like looking after an elderly relative who isn't well. Yemi Morgan Railway in episode four took a break to be a foster carer. And so loads of different reasons for breaks. Others might take them for more sensitive reasons like ill health or bereavement. And equally, others might take them because they really wanted to have a go at starting their own business or they had always wanted to you know, study for a long time. So we're just seeing so many different reasons as we meet with more and more returners in our different programs that we're running. Yeah, absolutely, we do. And I, and I love hearing all the different stories and the different reasons for people's breaks. Guess whatever the reason for a career break, I think we often find when people think initially about their career break, they don't always at first recognise perhaps all the positives that they might have gained from that time. They sometimes see that career break as, as a gap or as, you know, as a real lack rather than thinking, gosh, you know, what have I done and, and how have I really valued that time? 
And I think, Karen, if I reflect on the nine women that we've spoken to so far, what I've really loved in terms of one of the themes that's come through definitely very strongly is that they've all talked really proudly about the skills and strengths that they've developed during their career break. If I think about Laura, who we mentioned before in episode five, you know, she spoke so passionately about all those skills of patience, negotiation, and also empathy that she developed on her break while she was raising her young children. And then Sarah, Sarah McKelvey in episode two, she shared those amazing, wonderful stories about the volunteering work that she did, both at her children's school and then with football, and how that volunteering really helped her develop some skills and strengths in terms of leadership and and collaboration. Yes, and I think it absolutely struck us, didn't it, how positive they were about their career breaks. And that rather than being apologetic, which we sometimes hear returners are, they really encouraged us to look at it in a totally different light because they were hugely proud of the reasons for their break and how they developed during that time. So I remember Rachel from episode one was really clear that actually it was her career break that's helped her to progress and to be promoted since she's been back at work because of all of those skills that she developed during it. And I think Rachel's story was a great one to hear, in particular she reflected after being back for, for a few years. And I think alongside that process of recognising actually all those things you may have gained from your break, it's worth taking a broader look, perhaps even back into your career before you went on your break, to think about some of the broader strengths and skills that you have and start thinking about that when you're actually even just considering returning to work. Because what this can do is it really can help you to reconnect with what we'd call your professional identity. You know, that sense of yourself as a confident, capable professional. And as you're trying to do that, to remember what those skills and strengths are, it can be really helpful to think back, you know, what did previous managers, previous colleagues, previous teams that you worked with, what did they really value in you? You know, what feedback did you receive about your strengths at that time? Also, it can be helpful to to think about, you know, for yourself, think about those times when you were really at your best um, and what were the strengths that you showed during those times. Um, Also, if you're feeling particularly keen, um, it might be helpful to do an online assessment, you know, something like StrengthsFinder, for example, because that's just a really nice way to uncover perhaps some of those underlying strengths that you have. But we also find in doing that, it can be helpful for people because it reminds them of some of the more professional terms that they might want to use to describe their skills and strengths. We'd also recommend reflecting on all the professional experience that you have from before your break that you won't have lost. You know, Laura in episode five talked about her consulting career and how when she reflected on that, it really reminded her of all her skills in managing teams and projects, understanding situations quickly and problem solving. And and I remember her talking about the joy she felt when she realized she hadn't lost them and she could operate in that same way. So think back to how many years of experience that you bring, as well as your specialities, your achievements, your qualifications, because that can give you a really big confidence boost. You haven't lost all those skills. They just might need a little bit of refreshing. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's such an important thing to remember. Actually, those skills are all still there. And it is definitely worth spending that little bit of time trying to build your confidence back up as you think about returning to work. So whether that's through reflecting on your strengths, reminding yourself of all your fantastic experience you have, also the qualifications that you may hold, All of those are going to help to boost you up, to regain your professional confidence and that sense of, you know, you've got absolutely got lots of wonderful things that you can offer to an organisation. 
At the same time, I guess the other thing that we would say, alongside doing some of that reflection, we know that confidence is also built through taking action, not just simply by kind of reflecting. So it can really help as you're thinking about returning to work to start to think about it as a project, you know, to make a plan for it, which has got clear tasks that you want to achieve, clear milestones that you're tracking against. And in that way, every step along the way is going to help to move you forward and also to build your confidence as you look to return to work. For the second section of this episode, we wanted to look at how you might map your path back to work. Many returners that we work with are considering a whole range of options at this stage. So for some, they're looking to return to their previous industry and function, but for others, they're looking at the possibility of perhaps retraining or even a career change. If you're thinking about your career direction, we definitely recommend focusing first on what work you'd find fulfilling. So that's work that's aligned with your skills, your interests, and your experience. In episode six, Zani was considering pursuing a different path before she took the time to reflect and realized, do you know what, actually she was still passionate about nuclear physics and what she wanted to do was to return to her former career. Yeah, and um, I loved Zanny's story. You know, she was just so passionate about that area and so proud to have returned back to where all her education was. So if you are looking to make a career change of some kind, before you take the leap, it can be worth speaking with others in that field or function and doing lots of research into what that career is really like. Or I would say many returners do find it easier to first get their foot back in the door in the industry that they've got previous experience in. And then from there, they can potentially then look to make a career change of some kind, just like Adriana did at Credit Suisse, where she moved from a background in trading to then move into public policy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the other things that can be really valuable is volunteering strategically to build up your skills and experience, just as Sarah did in episode two. And this can be great because it can really help remind you of the type of work that you enjoy and that you find really energising. And I think Anna Sarah even got several job offers from her volunteering, although whilst a wonderful confidence boost, she ultimately decided that what was right for her was going back to her career in medicine. And in the end, what really helped her as well to get back to that career was to do a period of work experience, which helped her to refresh her skills, update her knowledge, boost her confidence and make her feel more work ready. Yeah, it certainly did. And so I think for many people, as they're thinking about that, mapping that path back to work, maybe it is a bit of volunteering, a bit of work experience can help pave the way. What we also find is that for quite a few women, in terms of the, the route back, quite a few of the women on our, that we've interviewed for the podcast actually came back to work via returner programs. And some of you may be more or less familiar with them. So we thought we'd just sort of talk briefly about what, what are we talking about when we say a returner program. More forward-thinking employers are really recognising the, the untapped potential in people who are on a career break. And they're introducing specific tailored programs that actually are targeted towards returners and will help support them to get back to work. Sometimes those returner programs are in the form of what's called a returnship. And a returnship is essentially, it's a professionally paid internship for a period of say three or maybe six months, which will hopefully lead to ongoing permanent employment at the end. And that's what Rachel did, for example, um, when she returned via Tideway and she talked about that in episode one. It's also what Yemi did, for example, when she returned to Enfield Council and she talks about that in episode five. Returnships are a wonderful way to get back into an organisation. And increasingly, organisations are also offering something called a supported hire programme. 
So this is where they give returners an opportunity to return on a permanent basis rather than on a temporary basis. But they offer that level of wraparound support to the returner, which could be in the form of coaching or retraining or mentoring. And that's really to help them get back up to speed and transition back to work as quickly as possible. Georgia, in episode eight, returned to the Met Police as part of their supported hire program. And she found this was a wonderful route back into her former career. Yeah, she certainly did. And so I think that's, you know, looks at a, a range of different routes back into work. Alongside that, we find that often returners are weighing up actually some really important considerations for them, like actually, you know, how much they're going to earn, their potential remuneration, what level, what seniority they might come back at, as well as things like flexible working and how they might fit work around their broader life. And as we mentioned before, we definitely recommend, as you're thinking about your career direction, we definitely recommend you start off, first of all, thinking about what work would you find fulfilling? So that's aligned with your skills, your interests, your experiences, your strengths. And then start just after that, then start thinking about pay, level and flexibility. In terms of that kind of level, seniority, pay piece, absolutely, ideally, you would return at a similar level to that which you left before your break. Although sometimes you might need to recognise that that you may have to make a, some form of compromise to get your foot initially back through the door, just as Bavna talked about that she did in episode seven. Yeah, and I think as well as, as level, um, flexibility is often a really important consideration. But happily, I think, Anna, employers are so much more open now to a range of flexible working options than they were perhaps, you know, five or ten years ago. Actually, what we hear from some returners is that they do want to return to work full time, but they would just like an employer that is flexible and understanding and is happy to agree in an element of informal flexibility so that they can attend things like a a school assembly or a medical appointment with their child or or to accompany an elderly parent. Now, equally, we recognise that some of you may want or may need part time working. And there are a range of flexible working arrangements that could work for you. Some of these include things like compressed hours, where you might do full-time hours in four days, term-time working, or simply just the ability to work regularly from home. All of these things can really help support you in managing your work with your broader life. So Rachel in episode one thought initially that, you know, she could only manage part-time working. She couldn't envisage going back full-time. But once she did go back, It went much more smoothly than she imagined it would. And she now really values the flexibility that she agreed with her employer, where she can balance doing some of the school pickups again, being present at that school gate, which is important to her, while still working full time. Also, don't forget, two of our podcast guests, Laura and Zanny, both received TimeWise Power Returner Awards, which celebrated their ability to combine career success at a senior level whilst working flexibility, which... I think Anna's been so inspiring, you know, because it really shows you that you can return to the work you love and achieve a good work-life balance at the same time. Yeah, it absolutely does. So in this third section of the episode, we wanted to talk through some of the themes that emerged from the podcast interviews. When the returners we spoke to were at that stage of actively looking for work, both what helped them at that time, but also what they found more challenging. Yes, from all our work over the years with hundreds of people on career breaks, when they started to look for work, they found it could often be quite a long journey with quite a few obstacles along the way. And you'll remember in episode six, Zanny talked about how tough it was to get through to interviews, 
and the excitement of that, but then to not be selected because of her career break at the final post and because others had more, you know, recent career experience. And in episode four, Yemi spoke so bravely and openly about how as she searched and searched for a role after her break, she started to feel more and more disheartened, which so many of us can relate to. And that eventually led to her needing to seek some help for depression, something which she has thankfully overcome now. She's happily back in a fulfilling role at work. Yeah, she has. But I think it was um, you know, very, as you said, you know, very brave of her to to talk about some of those kind of quite dark times for her. And I think when we're thinking about putting together this podcast and the stories that we wanted to share, we definitely didn't want to paint a picture of everything being easy and rosy. You know, absolutely, we want to tell inspiring, uplifting stories, but recognising that it may well be pretty tough along the way. You know, for very many returners, that journey back to finding a job, it can take a lot of time, a lot of effort, and often very many rejections, which can be really tough, before they actually ended up securing, successfully securing a role. So I think, you know, we did want to say that it is worth being prepared that it might be quite a long, sometimes quite a bumpy journey along the way. Although also, you know, still that inspiring part, absolutely, it is possible to get back to work and all you need is just one yes. Yeah, absolutely, just one. And I guess what we were trying to do is to help her think about, you know, the reality is it will be a bumpy journey. So what can you do to help yourself? You know, what are the practical steps you can take as you search for work? What we feel is, you know, give yourself the best possible chance along the way. So take those small steps to kind of update your CV Once you've done your first draft, get some feedback on it from some friends about how well it reads, how you can improve it further. If you're not already on LinkedIn, and many returners won't be because LinkedIn wasn't around, it hasn't been around for that long, do set up a LinkedIn profile, get a a really nice professional photo, write a good professional summary, which highlights your key work experience and skills. I remember Laura saying in episode five that taking some of these practical actions just one step at a time really helped her to keep moving forward. Yeah, it absolutely did. And I think alongside some of those practical steps around CV, LinkedIn, also you might want to think if your skills and knowledge might be a little bit rusty, which they may well be after you've had a break or they might be just in need of a refresh, to really proactively look for ways in which you can update yourself. You know, maybe it's um, searching for an online course that you could do, or maybe it's reading professional journals or articles, publication you know, maybe it's having some coffee chats with other people in your industry. And so, you know, just get back a bit more familiar with the professional lingo as well. I really liked, you know, Bavna talked to him in, in episode seven about how she actually kind of proactively completed a number of online IT courses, refreshed some of the coding languages that she needed that really helped her to update her skills and absolutely helped her ultimately to secure a role back in technology again. Yeah, I think it's just such a such a brilliant confidence boost as well to kind of be back up there, be feeling like you are on top of some of these skills that had gone a bit rusty. And another really valuable thing to do, and Adriana talks about it in episode nine, was networking and and really taking the time to build relationships. And I think this is something which we would definitely wholeheartedly agree with her is such a valuable thing to do. So practically what you could do is to draw yourself a network map of people you know, and also people you'd like to get to know. Now think really broadly about your connections. So those could be people from the school gates, 
Those could be contacts from hobbies that you enjoy or people from your local church. Think about your friends, your extended family. Actively make the effort to reach out to them and tell people about the type of work that you're looking for. You know, you never know what might come from a conversation. And as we know, there are so many roles that actually come through networks rather than job ads. You know, they're actually never advertised. So networking is just such a powerful thing to do. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think as you might be going about speaking with people and telling them what it is that you're looking for, actually that in itself is just way more energizing and interesting than sitting in front of a screen and sending off online job applications. You know, to be honest, that can slowly sap a lot of energy out of you. So if you are actually able to speak to some people online or face-to-face, it's worth having a one-minute introduction of yourself kind of ready to go. And so what that might look like, you know, you probably share a bit about your background, your experience, the specialties that you might have. You can also mention that you've taken a break, but we wouldn't recommend kind of apologizing it or spending much time on it. You could just have a simple sentence, you know, I took a career break to look after my young children. And then make sure you also include in there actually what it is that you're looking for, both in terms of the type of role, but also the type of organization that you might be interested to join. Because the clearer you are on what that looks like, then the more likely it is that the person you're speaking with might be able to connect you with someone or recommend a course or some articles, some form of upskilling that's going to help you on that path forward. Yeah. And I think in terms of, you know, what it is that you're looking for, kind of this last piece that we wanted to talk about in this section was about finding the balance between, you know, on the one hand, just wanting to get back to work and being willing to take anything versus waiting and waiting and waiting for the 100% perfect role to come along. What we found, you know, when we spoke to Melissa, that with, with networking, with research and with patients, she found a role that was really well aligned to her skills and experience. So it was worth her kind of taking a bit of time to find that that role. But equally, Bavna talked to the value of that first step back into an organization. And it's just about getting back in. And then once you're in, you can make the most of the opportunities that are there once you're in. Yeah, absolutely. For this last section, we wanted to share some of our thoughts related to actually being back at work. We know from all our work with hundreds of returners coaching them as they return, that once you're back at work, it can be a bit of an emotional roller coaster. Yemi in episode four talked about all the doubts that suddenly reared up as she started back at work again. Yeah, she did. And also if I think about Melissa in, in episode three, she talked about that whole mix of emotions, all those ups and downs. You know, she was hugely excited to be back at work when she started and, and she really enjoyed learning new things as she went and meeting new people. But also some days she she wondered if she would ever get back up to speed again. And she also had to cope with the uncertainty of whether or not she might even secure a permanent role at the end of the returnship program. Yeah, I think that roller coaster of emotions is completely normal on returning to work. And the highs and lows do lessen over time, happily, and as you feel more settled and back up to speed. We certainly also know that being proactive can really help with feeling comfortable back at work. In episode nine, Adriana talked about being curious and talking to a wide range of people to work out how to navigate her new work environment and learn who's who. And this really helped her a lot. Yeah, it really did. I think for a lot of returners also, we know that the idea of work-life balance can be a bit of concern as they they come back to work. 
you know, you will have had a full life while you've been on your career break. It's not that you've been twiddling your thumbs. And then if you add returning and back to work on top of that, that can make the idea of balance feel like a real challenge. Given that, though, it is still, as you return back to work again, it's really important still to take care of yourself, you know, to make time to do some of those simple things that do recharge you during that time. And it, it might be a chat with a friend, could be a lovely warm bath, could be just a walk outside. Those simple practical things that can help you keep your own energy up. Yeah, so important. And I, I also think it's worth thinking about how you might maintain your own work-life boundaries. So Georgia in episode eight was talking about how, you know, she could work from 7am until midnight, but she makes a conscious choice to put her laptop away in a drawer so that she can fully switch off. So, you know, do think ahead about what small practical steps might help you to fill in balance and that will really help you to manage your boundaries when you're back at work. Yeah, great. I'm going to throw one last question out to you now, Karen. We've asked our podcast guests at the end of each episode, um, so I'm going to ask the same question to you now too. What's one piece of advice that you would have for returners? Yeah, I think for me, it's about having faith in yourself. So remember that your professional skills, your strengths, they're all still there. And your time in your career break will have added a wide range of transferable skills that are going to be enormously valued when you return back to work. We've talked about it in some of the episodes before. Be your own inner mentor, be your own champion as you navigate your return to work journey. And Anna, I'm going to throw that question back to you now. What advice would you give to returners? Yeah, fair enough. I think for me, it would be to be proactive and also to be positive. I think if I'm thinking about what do I mean by proactive, I mean taking action, create your own networks, make conversations happen and create opportunities for yourself. And when I say positive, you can't always control what happens to you, but you can choose your reaction and you can also choose your attitude to it. So even if things get tough, which they will do on your journey back to work, do try to stay optimistic and positive that things will work out okay in the end for you. Thank you for joining us today and we really hope that some of our advice is helpful to you and will encourage you to take the next step in your own return to work journey. If you haven't already, do take a listen to episodes one to nine of the podcast where real life returners share the twists and turns of their stories. Please do tell your friends and family about the Career Returners podcast and when you get a moment, we'd love you to subscribe, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. A big thank you again to Credit Suisse for supporting us to create this podcast series. Credit Suisse has supported professionals on a career break to successfully return to work for many years. Take a look at their Real Returns program if you're thinking about return to work. With a focus on transferable skills, the program has been important in opening new career directions for returners across the years. And a huge thank you to our nine wonderful podcast guests, to Rachel, Sarah, Melissa, Yemi, Laura, Zani, Bavna, Georgia, and Adriana. Thank you so much for your willingness to share your stories and for your wonderful advice for other returners looking to get back to work. And if you're looking for more advice and guidance in your own return to work journey, we're here to support you. Visit us at womenreturners.com and sign up to our free Women Returners Professional Network to hear about current returner opportunities. You can also join our growing community of returners in our Facebook group. Thank you again for joining us and we wish you all the very best for your own journey back to work.